Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us, we have Ali of Stone Bridge Boxing Club coming to you from Wembley over in the United Kingdom. Ali, what's going on, man? How are you today? Oh, good, bro. Looking forward to the interview. Looking forward to having a good conversation. I enjoy picking the brain of, of UK business owners because I think there's a little bit of difference between running a business in England and running a business in the States. Um, and as well as the boxing aspect of this, there's all kinds of things for us to talk about. Before we dive headfirst in here, give us a little bit of a description. Stonebridge Boxing Club. What do you tell people about this? When people ask you what the club is about, how do you describe this? Stonebridge Boxing Club was basically born organically. Um, I chased the local cows. I had this... Okay, so being a person that's Asian, right? Pakistani Muslim Asian, right? Um, I always thought it would be very difficult for me to get into the boxing industry, right? From the time that I came from. Um, so I always knew that if I was going to do something, I needed to create my own base, my own place um, to get into the boxing industry. Um, so first thing I realized was I needed a location. Without a location, without a gym, without something for people to come and or potential professional boxers to come and train there, I wouldn't be able to have anything in this game of boxing. As just an Asian guy walking into an industry where not to say that we're not welcome, but it's tougher. Right. So, um, we, I kind of bugged the local counselor like crazy. I was just on his phone every single day. Um, and it was an area called Stonebridge, um, where he was the local counselor and that area, funny enough, uh, is the home of two gold medal Olympus, uh, Olympians, uh, James DeGale and Audley Harrison. Uh, James DeGale was a super middleweight and Audley Harrison was a heavyweight. Um, and they literally lived within, I think, a mile of each other in the same area. So for me, um, that area was where I wanted to go. You know, so I bugged this counselor, bugged him, bugged him, look, I need a gym, I need a gym, I need a gym. Eventually he opened the door for me to go and find uh, a, a quite a big building. Um, and I remember walking into the building and thinking to myself, okay, this is huge. And they were like, okay, well, we have other organizations that will share it with you. And I said, no, look, we, we're going to become a boxing club. We're mm -hmm. going to have everybody from this planet walking into this place. There's going to be bells going off every three minutes. There's going to be music blasting away. I said, who's going to want to be our neighbor? I said, if I were you, I'd just leave this door to us. And they said, well, okay, it's going to be like 3,500 pounds a month. That's the rent. Uh, I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. We'll do that. It's fine. We can afford that. So, okay, fine. If you can afford it, then um, we'll give you the place on the basis that you will afford this rent. So I said, yeah, but I need six months to build this place up. So I want six months rent free. So they kind of looked at me and said, okay, fine. If you need six months to build this place, we're going to give you six months to build this place. <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't have no clue <laughs> what I was getting into. I didn't even know what I signed up for. I'd, oh, I'd never goodness. I'd never seen 3,500 pounds in my hands, cash, yeah? yeah? So I'm looking at all of this and I'm saying to myself, okay, 
there was one of these movies that I really loved, man, with uh, Kevin Kess- uh, Costner, mm. Feel the Dreams. Mm. Build it and they if will come. If you build it, there you go. Right. So that was what was in my head. All I need to do is build this place. And my professional boxers will walk into here. Um, and that was the plan. But then, okay, now you've got an empty place. You need to fill it out with kit. Um, so where do I get that from? So it just so happened a friend of mine knew another friend who uh, was just coming into the boxing business and he had a whole load of bags that he was looking to sell, gloves, the whole thing, everything. Every bag you could want, he had every glove you want, he could have, you could make gloves with your names on it and everything. So I went up to him, I said, listen, bro, we're going to be huge and people are going to come here and we're going to get TV channels filming here. We're going to be in every newspaper do me a favor, give me your equipment, give me your bags, give me your gloves, give me everything, brand it all over the place, but give me your stuff. So he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the stuff, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to um, pay this back slowly. So I said, all right, fine. If that's how it's going to work, then that's how it's going to work. And that's how we started the process. We started the process by taking off this person for free, taking off that person for free. Um, But then what started to happen, and it's something I never planned, something I was never interested into, I would have a parent walk in with a child and suddenly say to me, oh, wow, you have a boxing club here. When's the kids' classes? And I'd be like, kids' classes? Yeah, when's your kids' class? I'd be like, oh, no, 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 this is a professional boxing club. Okay, so nothing for people that just want to come in and stay fit. Okay, um, yeah, let me get back to you. So I'd take their number, but suddenly I started to notice once I'd put my sign outside as well saying Stonebridge Boxing Club, that there were people nonstop coming down. Excuse me, I'd yeah. love to join your club. How can I join your club? What's the Far more of those people than the professionals, I would imagine. No professionals at all. They literally <laughs> didn't even walk into the gym. So I'm standing there, I'm going, okay. So slowly... and. These oh, were we got bills to pay. We might as well train these people. Yeah. So we, we, I've, I've, I've got adults coming in and then I've got adults with children's coming in. I've got teenagers coming in. And suddenly it was like, one minute, I need to find coaches. I've only got one coach and our plan was to train professionals and they were going to make us millions of pounds and we were going to pay the rent. But it's not working like that. So I sat down with a few people. I said, look, this is not going the way that I thought it would go. But and this is very important, is growing organically into something that I, at this moment, don't understand, but it seems to be growing. And they seem to be asking for something. And I don't provide that at the moment, and I've got to provide it. So that's when we decided, okay, let's do keep fit classes for adults. And then the adults would come in and they would say, oh, I've got a child, this or... Then we suddenly had... uh, uh, pupil referral units that's like proofs they're called here which are basically your kids that um, have been uh, very difficult for normal schools to handle they started getting in contact with us oh we hear you have a boxing club we'd love to work with you guys we've got x amount of students and i'm like whoa where is this going so revenue Children streams coming. that we never planned for popping yes, up and, and, and thankfully thankfully yes. because you had some some rent coming due no, but the thing is as well, we're talking about revenue streams about people who don't have the revenue. 
So we're talking about people that would come in and say to us, okay, well, how much are your kids' classes? And I would say, uh, £10 for the kids' class. And say, oh, no, 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 we can't afford that. I had to bring the classes down to £3 a session. So that's maybe like what? Right now, a pound is so low, yeah? So that's maybe like $3, yeah? $3 or whatever it is, right, that we were charging kids to come into the gym to use the premises. Very cheap, right? Um, But then what started to happen was this whole dream of um, having professional boxers subsided. And I just said to myself, one minute, I've got to take care of this because this is coming in. The professional boxers are not coming in. This is coming in. Um, so build it, they will come, and they did come, and yep. they came in the droves. Like we and would so hold. To, to use another phrase, we rolled with the punches. We rolled and, with the punches, and yes. here we are now. Uh, and talk it to is, us a little it, bit about that growth. I mean, it sounds like you put a sign up, and people just started to notice this. Have you spent any kind of money in advertising or marketing along the way? I think our biggest, so I had a friend that came out of no, uh, uh, wait, literally, I didn't know him a few months earlier. I got to know him. Um, and I said, listen, he was a very smart guy. And I said, listen, um, Bilal, his name is. And I said, listen, I need you to help me out to see what you can do with this gym. Like, uh, I don't understand social media. I don't understand any of these things. He said, listen, all you need to do is jump onto this thing called Instagram. Once you jump onto Instagram, we're going to start building you up on this thing here. He didn't charge that? me. A, 2009, 2010, Yeah, I think. that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, okay, do what you got to do and start building it up. And then suddenly droves of people started to come to the gym. Huh. A whole load of people. Um, and that is the only advertisement we really did ever. Okay. Is through Instagram. Now, um, I mean, if you go and look at our videos, they're more uh, arty type videos now because we have that, I mean, we've had a following of, I think, about 10,000, nearly 10,000, but we've not really pushed it now because we're so inundated with people. Like our sessions now can hold, we've had a session with children that we had to take out into the car park because there were 50 kids in the gym and it, yeah. the gym was too small. Good problems so, to have. So Amazing now do, do we bump prices back up? Well, you see, no, that was the thing because then I suddenly learned that if you work for the community, there are organizations that will help you. But in order for those organizations to help you, because I, like, for example, we would have children come in and say, oh, we don't have gloves. Oh, we don't have boots. Oh, I can't afford gum shields. And suddenly, oh, I can't afford the fees. And we would have a loads of those that would come in and say, oh, I can't afford any money today. Is it all right? If I pay? So when you look at it, Essentially, it's not a business no more. You're doing something for the community. You're yep. suddenly now forgotten about a business model, and now it's more of an organically built community project. I think fitness is somewhat unique in that aspect because if we look at it as a spectrum of, on one side, charity, giving everything away for free. On the other side, bloodthirsty, all we see are credit cards and dollars and cents or pounds and cents. Fitness is typically somewhere in the middle, right? We need to have influence from both sides because, I mean, at the end of the day, we still have bills. We still have employees. We still have to pay people and and money goes out just as much as money goes in. But we need to have that other side as well. We need to remember that it's, it's a personal thing. We started this because we wanted to help people. 
at yes. the root of it. And, and so it sounds like the original intention and where the business stands now evolved a little bit. But now that we have this and, and spaces are getting tight, capacity is, is approaching its limit. Where do we go from here? What's kind of, how, how do we continue to grow the business, albeit physically being limited with the space? You see, in terms of, um, as this evolved, we became a registered charity, right? So when you become a registered charity, it's a different ball game altogether. There's no profits to be made. Everything gets put back into the business. You can earn a wage from it. So me as a director, I mean, me as a worker of the gym, somebody that works, I can earn a wage, but the business doesn't hold profits. So there is no profit loss sheet, right? And we registered the place as a charity. But what that gave us the ability to do was to reach out to organizations like the London Marathon, uh, which holds the marathon in the UK. So an amazing organization. Uh, John Lyons Charity, another huge, amazing organization that has helped us for the last 10 years. Um, Sports England, uh, Wembley Stadium National Trust. All of these organizations are organizations that we worked with. And they provided us funding to build the classes. So whereas a lot of people, our model is a bit different. Our model is not that type of model in terms of we have had a help from a lot of organizations that are charity-based organizations. And they have paid for classes. So we could go to them and say, well, we want to hold a women-only class in the morning. And they say, okay, well, give us the whole details, how you would do it, the age, race, all of those type of things. Break us down how many people we will help. Come to us with a proposal. If we like it, we'll, we'll fund you. So now what we're doing is we're able to pay the coaches. We're able to pay the, uh, 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 to have people walk into the gym for free, right? And train. But then what you're doing out of those 50 people that have suddenly come in through your doors, 10 of those people are going to say, you know what? I want to carry this on for the rest of my life. So I don't mind paying five pounds or 10 pounds or whatever it is to keep moving forward. Mm. So as we went along, I always knew that this place here and the place that we were in previous to this would not hold the people that we were building into. So obviously our then main intention was that we started to speak to the leader of the council. So that is the person that runs the whole borough, the whole council, uh, and that's the council of Brent, right? So we spoke to the leader of the council and we said to him, look, you can see our numbers here. We're, we've got nearly 600 members. Uh, we've got maybe 300 active, 400 active members. We've got kids from the ages of six all the way up to 16 and 16 all the way up to 60, 70 years old, right? We charge our people 10 pound a session. We charge our children five pound a session, right? This is not a money-making business, but what it is, it's a business that's been sustained through organizations, through the community, and through charities, right? But I need to make it sustainable. But in order for me to do that, I need to be in an environment that's big enough to hold us. So the leader of the council said to me, look, I've got a place in the park. You need to bid for it. And if you win the bid, right, we will then give you the land. We will give you a long lease on there. You just need to raise the money to build it. So that process is where we've kind of come now it mm. took us three years to get to this position uh, for example london marathon paid twenty thousand pounds towards helping 
do the business plan so that we could present it to Brent Council and say to them, look, we are the people that you should have in this building. Um, and we done that and we won the bid. And now we've got the land. And, we, and then Sports England came in and said, well, we want to give you some money. So they gave us, I think, 68,000, no, nearly 100,000 pounds. And a, a big portion of that went to the architects. So they paid, Sports sure. England paid, to build it, uh, to, to get the drawings done. Sure. And so in, in terms of moving forward and, and bringing that building to a reality here, where does the rest of that money come from? Is it organizations? Can we internally raise it with profitable business practices? Is it a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. For example, we've, we've raised at the moment for about 450,000 pounds. And that has been through Brent Council, that has been through London Marathon, Sports England. Mm -hmm. uh, now we've reached out to commercial companies. And now there's a lot of building work, for example, going around in Wembley. So there's huge organizations like Regal Homes, Berkeley Homes, Waits. And these are organizations that are building there in our cities around where we are. They've reached out to us as well. And they've basically said, we want to help. We'd like to help. On February the 2nd, we've reached out to Wembley Stadium National Trust to say, we'd love to hold a boxing show in Wembley Stadium in one of your halls in the stadium. Um, and we'd like to hold a, hold a charity show there so we can raise money for the box you know we can we can raise money for the club um so we're going to any to anyone and everybody to yeah. try to raise this money it's a it's an interesting model and, and like you said it's now registered as a charity so not as concerned with profitability but if the business is bleeding money then we're not going to be able to last for a long time anyway so we need to pair those donations from organizations with still producing a good product that's that's paying for itself internally It'll so just for example go ahead just for example so obviously this whole world is going into some type of a recession right i stopped watching the news about eight months ago so i don't know what's happening in the world <laughs> especially yeah. in your part of the world that's for sure right i don't i really do not know what's happening in the world but i know that we're going to some type of recession or something like that right so i then decided okay it's going to be very difficult for people. One thing we learned through COVID, right? One thing I think the world learned through COVID, that health comes over wealth 100%, yeah? If you don't have health, you, you can have all the wealth in the world. It doesn't mean nothing. And one thing, the other thing that people learned was mental health. They learned that doing fitness, fitness activities, getting your body tired or or doing stuff that kept your body active and your mind active would help relieve some of the stress of mental health. And in my opinion, it helped the sports. I could be totally wrong, yeah, but in my opinion, because this is what I only see, it helped us hugely because suddenly the people became very conscious of their health and they wanted to go into a gym, specifically boxing gyms. Like YouTubers have made boxing crazy now where everybody believes that they can be a boxer. And that's great because they should believe that, right? They don't necessarily have to get hit, but they can believe it, right? So we get everybody coming in. Whereas boxing before had that reputation of you go into the, a dark, seedy place and the guy with a cap with a big cigar in his mouth, you know, with a cane, with a knife in it and all of those type of strange scenarios where there would be mobsters, gangsters, everyone saying, now you've got YouTubers 
sitting in the gyms. You know, you, the coaches, they're all nice people, friendly people. You walk in, there's nice music playing. You know, so it's not that atmosphere anymore. And that combined all together with what happened during COVID, the mental health, the health situation, I believe that it's brought more people into the gyms. Now, our then problem was this recession or so-called recession has started to hit. So how do we combat that? So I got an idea. <laughs> we had a, 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 an American boxer come down to the gym. His name was Daniel Jacobs. And he came down with a, a, with a group of people. And one of the people that he came down with, I think his name's Scooter, uh, owns a few gyms in New York, right? Boxing clubs in New York. And he said to me, Ali, how much money are you making here? 50 Gs a month? And I just looked at him shocked. And I was like, no, I'm not making anywhere close to that. He said, why? And I said, I, 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 no, we're just not making that type of money. We're just not that type of a gym. But he said, no, you should be making that money. So I asked my friend, I said, listen, this guy, Scooter, came up to me and he said, look, this is, he's, and he said, oh, yeah, Ali, you, you don't understand. They're on a membership system. So when you're on a membership system, everybody is paying you every single month. Your money starts to accumulate. The more members you make, the more classes you do, all of these things start to happen. You start to make more money. So I said, okay, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to start a membership system because what I had started to notice was that there were people coming up to me and saying, oh, Ali, we wish we could do more because we were charging £10 a session. We wish we could do more than one class a week. Like doing four classes in a month, it's costing us £40. It's a lot of money. So I said, I'll tell you what, how many classes would you like to do? He said, well, if I could come here, I'd do three, four classes a week. I said, all right, I'm going to put a new membership in place. It's £100 a month. So they were like, okay, fantastic. But for that, we only got maybe 10, 11 people. Yeah, mm. that's still 1,100 pounds a month. Out of nowhere, those 10 people were gonna pay 40 pounds. Now we've got 1,100 pounds coming in, right? So I said, but it's not affordable. It's not affordable. I want everybody to be able to, because we're a community gym. So then I spoke to, again, you know, I spoke to everyone, I said, listen, I'm thinking now of giving everybody access to six days a week, six classes a week for 45 pounds a month. Yeah. That way they owe, if they go to all six classes, they're paying less than two pound a session. Yeah. So you will get people that are coming in three times a week, four times a week that normally wouldn't, but now because they can afford it, that it's become a place, uh, or I call it a sanctuary for a lot of people where this is the place they come to relax, to feel at home. They've created a community around here as well. They've got new friends around here. They start to make friends. They support boxers from here. They go to their fights. And it's like um, a, a non-alcoholic pub, you know, or, or, or a nightclub or whatever it is. It's a social place where, where it's blood, sweat and tears, you know, and everyone's a friend before the training and after the training. But in between... They go to hell, you know, they, they do what they need to do. So for them, 45 pound a month. But what that then did was it increased the money that we were making because we had everybody that would phone up, say, oh, one minute, 45 pound a month. I get access to six classes a week. Sign me up, you know, and then we put that to the kids classes. So they were five pound a session, 15 pound a week, you know, uh, 90 pounds a month. Right. Uh, no, 15 pound a week. 
yeah, so that's 15, 30, that's 60 pound a month, sorry. So we put it down to 35 pound a month. So everything that we did, we reduced it drastically, but we did it for the reason that it would bring more footfall in and it would be much more affordable for everybody to come and use the gym. So nobody's looking to become a millionaire from this, but what we're looking to do is make it sustainable. And what we're, what we're looking to do is make sure that the people that use the gym can use it whenever they want to use it. And, and it is affordable for them to use it in that yeah. way. It's, it's fascinating that you've been able to get to this point because so many people who do the, the pay-per-class system, there's, there's plenty of headaches. There's so much admin on the back end to take care of. The membership-based system, it sounds like, could potentially be a solution if we had other priorities, right? If money-making was number one, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Right. We, yes. could, we could cherry pick the, the more affluent people in Wembley yes. and yes. have a great business with two or 300 people and, and that's it. But that's not quite the goal here. And so how you no. take care of that on the back end is a little bit different. Ali, that's a really, really great place to wrap our conversation up. But before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn more about this. What's the best website? You mentioned social media. Where can people go to find out more? So basically, the, the only place, I know we're on Facebook, we're definitely on Twitter as well, but we're never active on those. It's our at Stonebridge Boxing Club on Instagram. That's where we do everything. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel, which has got uh, videos of our fighters on there, uh, which is Stonebridge Boxing Club YouTube channel, uh, and a Blackstone Sports Management channel as well, which we're now pushing out there as well. Um, so yeah, that's where we are. We, I think people will be... Uh, they, people like what we do on that on the Instagram and on the YouTube pages. So it's more about getting our word out there. Right now, what we want more than anything else is our new gym and new place for people to move into. Yeah, It'll, it sounds like there's still plenty of action and cards to be played for sure. So yeah, Ali, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate your time and, and your willingness no to share the insight on this. I'm excited to see what the future holds and, and we wish you nothing but the best moving forward. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Todd Budden with Petoskey Strength and Fitness. Todd, what is going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with the gym. 
So let's start with a very basic question, Todd. And how many members are you serving currently? About 45 right now. It fluctuates okay. throughout the year. We're a small like tourism community. So in the summer, yeah. it changes a little bit. But uh, month to month, we're about 45 this time of year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And so for you, I mean, I think every gym is different, right? But for you guys, what's been the best method of getting new people interested and through the door? Definitely client referrals, the word of mouth path. Um, I mean, your results speak for themselves. So I have people I train that are talking about me out in the community. Definitely sends business my way. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're at that 40 mark now. I mean, let's say hypothetically, of course, mm -hmm. if leads, traffic, clients, all these things were hypothetical, um, unlimited. Uh, and And what would you say would be your capacity, like your max that you could realistically handle? Yeah, you know, I deal with that quite a bit. Uh, if it's if it's just me, I'm probably about another 20% on top of that. Um, if I can bring in more trainers, the potential becomes much higher. You know, the, the hours available are there. It's just how much am I going to work versus the quality of training I'm putting out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I mean, I know this from just experience. I was a personal trainer for a long time. And and I think anything over like 30 clients is a lot. That's a lot to handle, even over 10. But sure. how are you able to manage and track all those clients? You know, I mean, not sure if you're a one-man team, but you could clarify if you aren't, but like, how are you able to manage and track all those metrics of how long they've been with you, you know, where they came from, all those metrics that are, are kind of important to knowing your growth. How do you track that and, and maintain it? Yeah, I think what separates me is I was an engineer before this. So tracking oh, wow. data okay. systems, yeah, things like that are pretty natural to me. Um, it's just a, a procedural thing. So the, the, the difficult part becomes dealing with everybody's little, as you, if you were a trainer, you know this, you know, the back hurts, knee hurts, uh, past injuries, things like that. That's the hardest part. So keeping good notes, follow-ups, and then, you know, every time I'm programming, I'm, I'm constantly thinking those things as we're going through the programming. Um, it's just been a, a development process over the past seven to eight years for me. You know, it started with a smaller clientele and I've grown. As I've grown, I've changed those systems as needed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, you know, I, I love you. I love that the fact that you shared that background there, that you were an engineer prior, because you're coming in with a different perspective, a different mindset, right? You, you, you were, uh, uh, had a career outside of being a fitness pro prior. So you understand on a high level how important those metrics can be. Because I think a lot of fitness pros who start off as fitness pros and then become business owners kind of don't understand how important it is to track their metrics. They track yeah. their macros, their weight, all these other things, but they don't track their numbers, which is kind of ironic, but I mean, Hey, um, and so I appreciate you giving that perspective there. Um, and so going to throw a little bit of a longer winded question here, um, Todd, but a good question in itself. And if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, let me know. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I think we should be fine. So, uh, you know, what we use most prominently in the gym and fitness world and what we've been discussing the entire podcast have been three pillars of business. Okay. That's going to be number one, your lead generation, right? Getting people through the door, getting them interested, you know, marketing essentially, right? Then number two is going to be your acquisition, which is your sales, getting somebody from an interested client to being a paying client. And then we have number three, which is your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. Mm -hmm. So of those three, Todd, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um, you know, it, I deal with all three, actually, you know, the, um, the foot traffic through the door leads to 
the clients that are going to be there and, and, and stay. So when they walk in the door, I feel that relies a lot on me. You know, I'm selling myself, I'm selling the gym. Um, they've got to want to be there. They've got to have a trust with me. You know, I start there. Um, that's step one and step two. The retention comes from the results, in my opinion. You know, some people are willing to put in the time under my methods and others aren't. And then vice versa, am I willing to adapt to what they need? So if they're coming in at entry level, I have to be aware of, you know, not pushing them to a point where they just want to quit because they're too sore day to day or, you know, a, a nagging injury stays there. You know, it's my job to focus on the programming to keep them long term. And then the value has to be there, of course. So it's yeah. the price to return. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's such a high level perspective. I think, and I want to, again, I think for the honesty and transparency there. Um, I, I think a, a lot of the viewers might have a, a hard time understanding how to get to a point like that. And, and the fact that you could put success to the side as well and still admit you can still improve in certain places, I think is the biggest thing. So thank you for that, Todd. Mm -hmm. um, last two questions for you, my two favorite questions. What's the bigger picture for you? Let's say five, 10 years down the road, what are you really trying to accomplish? That's interesting. Um, I mean, my, my number one goal overall to do this, I chose to come into this career for my previous career. So I quit being an engineer intentionally. It wasn't something I had to do. And my mission statement from the beginning was to impact community in a positive way under health and fitness guidelines. You know, it's, I think the numbers stand for themselves in this country, you know, the obesity rates, things like that, poor nutrition. So that's really been the focus from the get-go. Um, so the long-term impact would be to grow that community. You know, I feel like, um, you know, I've got people that have been with me for four or five years now that have learned my techniques and are now teaching them on their own. You know, that's spreading. So I'd want that to continue. Um, through that, if that continues, then my growth as a business owner should grow accordingly. And I track that again, I go back to the data, I track the numbers and I, I watch those metrics to make sure I'm on the right path. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing moving forward Yeah. for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And one last question here, Todd, my, my, my favorite question of the day. Um, I know you started back in February of 2020. Is that correct? Uh, started with the gym in 2020. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you could go back in time here to when you, you first started the gym, uh, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Um, I think you just got to understand it's going to be a grind as a small business owner. You know, there's times when you feel like you're failing. There's times you feel like you're doing everything right. And it's getting through those hard times to be better long-term. You know, it, sometimes when you're on your own or you're in a small group, I mean, when you own the business, it's yours. So the hardest part is understanding that week to week, month to month. Uh, if, if things are good, you have a lot of customers coming in, new customers, things are great. When it slows down, how do you get through those times? How do you improve the, you know, the foot traffic coming in the door to get the better attention long-term? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Todd, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, mm -hmm. if you have any social media, Facebook website, please let the viewers know where can they find out more about you and the gym. Sure. So my website is PetoskeyStrengthAndFitness.com. Um, most of my social media goes to two of my athletes, which is ZTS1311 and April underscore and underscore Johnson, uh, both on Instagram. Uh, they do a lot of great stuff for me. Um, I'm not a big social media guy, so they help out a lot there. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So go check deal, them man. out. They're awesome athletes, yeah. awesome power lifters. Awesome, Todd. I, look, I absolutely appreciate your time and contribution in the podcast, and I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can access the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just sure. going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay?
All right. Thanks, JJ. Appreciate right, it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, of course. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Roundtable. I am your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Nick from Vero Fitness out of Pacific, Missouri. Welcome to the show, Nick. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Excited to have you here to talk more about what you guys have going on over at Vero Fitness. Today on this roundtable, we are going to discuss the idea of marketing, how you at your facility, you're getting people in the front door. But really, before we kind of dive into the topic at hand, I would love for you to give us your best elevator pitch of Vero Fitness, who you are, what services you have to provide kind of paint that picture so that this con the context of the conversation makes sense today. Sure, sure. Well, Vero Fitness is a gym run by real people for real people. Uh, you know, the employees here, the trainers here, uh, you know, we, we welcome all body types. We have uh, people that have uh, weight loss goals, muscle development goals uh, that work here and will lead others to whatever their goals may be. So we're all working in progress. We're all figuring it out. Uh, we just happen to have a little more experience, a little more education and how to go about doing so things. And um, yeah, we invite the members to come in and talk with us. Our mission is every time that you come into this gym, you know what you need to do to get your results. We take educating the members very seriously because if they understand why they're doing something, they will continue to do it. If you're just doing it because somebody, you paid somebody to tell you what to do, there's not that emotional attachment there and it's gonna be easy to burn out quickly, especially when you don't understand the why. But when you can have someone understand the why, then things stick a lot more, which helps out with uh, uh, retention on a business level. And it uh, allows for more before and after pictures to occur, which we love before and after pictures, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, no, definitely. I love this, um, you know, environment where your client's success means so much to you that you're going to go out of their way to make sure that they see success, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. um, so in Vero Fitness, it is an open model gym, but you guys do have a bunch of services within that to offer. Mm -hmm. um, personal training, um, do you guys have group classes at all or or oh, what? Yeah. So a oh, little yeah. bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> great. great. So 
kind of now that we understand who you are, we have a feel for that. Let's kind of dive into that idea of lead gen. What are you doing to get your clients in the front door? So first question I have for you is, would you consider yourself a marketing expert? Um, I would No, I would not. I would consider myself a marketing student uh, because there is still way more to be learned than what I'm doing. And there's always a way to do it better. And there's always more, more information that you can take in to do what you're doing better. So uh, no, I would not be as bold to say that I'm an expert in marketing, but it is something that I take uh, very seriously. And it's something that I am very passionate about. And, you know, things that I've done to get better at marketing, uh, other than, you know, uh, listening to podcasts about it, uh, YouTube videos about it. Um, I actually took a, uh, hired a videographer to show me how to go about doing editing, uh, the, the, the software, how it works, the audio, the different angles, the camera angles, the shots, lighting. So I have learned uh, through trial and error, and I've also hired people that I found that were better than me at it. And they kind of showed me the tricks of the trade and I've kind of adapted that and then uh, turned it into a, a little bit of my own style like we all kind of do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, most of us, if we're fitness people, generally, we're not going to consider ourselves a marketing expert. But I do like to ask that question, because sometimes there are people that are like, oh, yeah, I have a marketing background, and then I wouldn't open up a gym. So, um, you know, 99% of businesses in our industry kind of fall into one of three different categories here. They rely heavily on all word of mouth, which it doesn't sound like that's what you do. The second is that they've tried paid advertising and they failed. The third being that they've tried paid advertising, saw immense success with it, and they make that a part of what they do. So out of all three of those categories, which one do you feel like you and Bureau Fitness kind of fall into? Well, we don't try to create word of mouth. I think word of mouth happens as a byproduct of doing everything else right. And that will naturally happen. I don't know if, if having a word of mouth is necessarily something that you have as your primary goal, but I think if you do everything else right, it's almost like when, uh, let's say you wanna be a millionaire, you don't focus on creating a million dollars, you focus on developing something that people find a great amount of value in that you can then sell. The million dollars will come as a byproduct of the action. And so when it comes to the word of mouth, we focus on the action and then they just come in and we just accept that. That's almost like a, a, a bonus tap of memberships that come in. So that's um, kind of how we view the, the word of mouth side of things. But when it comes to the advertising, we also know our audience. We know our audience very well. Vero's big gym. And we have strong men. We've got a group fitness. We've got people that just want to do cardio. We've got a little bit of something for absolutely everybody. So when we advertise, we take a look. Okay, so who is on our social media the most? We are 70% female. 30% male in regards to our social social media viewers. So we will do things um, uh, like empowering things that have more women in the videos, uh, even though the boys get their turn. But, you know, we know that the women are our primary viewer when it comes to uh, social media sites like Facebook, which is our primary uh, social media site that we like to use to push business. So we will try to do three to four, five videos a week, whether it's a client highlight, uh, whether it's a, uh, a video that we call detail, where it's a um, it's a client highlight, but then the trainer will do a audio over the video and explain their thoughts 
while the person is training. So if you see them switch out bands or change resistance or change angles or regress or progress a movement, you can actually hear why the trainer did that. You can see what they saw and why they are doing what they're doing. So maybe they're doing uh, push-ups, and then all of a sudden uh, we have a little bit of a shoulder problem. Well, we, we change the angle of the elbow, we drop to the knee, and then we go ahead and they continue on with the set much more comfortably. So you'll actually hear uh, why the trainer is doing that and also get a little bit of a variety and you maybe your own workout that you can see if you happen to have shoulder pain. So I think that understanding who our viewer is, what it is that they're looking for, and like I said, we have all different body types here that work at Bureau Fitness. So uh, we're not afraid to put anybody on camera who is okay with being on camera. That way the, the member or the, the potential member can see, hey, we're just people too. We just happen to know a little bit more about this stuff, but we can help you out. Yeah. Sounds like a very creative approach. You know, you're really, like you said, kind of looking at your audience and giving them what they like to see. Mm -hmm. uh, and generally that's kind of the best rule of thumb. For me, my audience in my area, they like funny stuff. So we make funny reels for our yeah. content because that engages our audience. It gets people to feel comfortable and like it draws them in. They want to like go to a space where they can be their goofball self and feel welcomed. Cool. Um, so that has worked really well for us. So it sounds like, you know, you're doing a lot of this creative, you know, kind of videography and things like that. Are you posting those organically? Are you guys putting a dollar behind those? Kind of what uh, methods do you use? Um, we will uh, do a, a push where we'll put some, some money behind the video, maybe two or three times a week, depending on what the, the video is. If it's a, uh, a big campaign, like we have free week coming up October 17th. That's where the gym is open to absolutely everyone. We've got parties at night, themed parties at night. Uh, anybody can come in, you bring as many friends as you want, and we'll give you the bureau experience. So we'll do a video that we're actually filming today that we'll go out and we'll put some money behind that because we want to try to cast a huge net to try to flood that in because then we'll get memberships, you know, a hundred percent increase in memberships for the next 30 days after we do uh, free week. It's kind of like our Super Bowl. It's our WrestleMania. It's our, where we really make a big deal out of this. But Monday, we're doing a member appreciation night where we've got a deck out back where it'll be full of candles and champagne. And we're giving out awards to all of our members uh, for uh, certain achievements that have been had. Uh, specifically um, Badass of the Year Award, which is always my favorite. Uh, Rachel Moffat is uh, receiving it this year. And uh, uh, she was diagnosed with cancer, battled through it, and was able to um, uh, come out on the other end. Uh, okay, she's going to be absolutely okay. When we found that out, I said, okay, you're not paying for anything here. You take your money, you're going to have enough financial stress, and I don't need you stressed. We got your training, your nutrition, any group fitness you want to do, massage, whatever it is that you need. Massage is tricky to do when you're going through chemotherapy and things like that. But anything that can help her recover, anything that can help her get through this, I said, it's on us until you're on the other side of this thing. Well, after three or four months of uh, of going through this and she handled it like an absolute champ and she is now on the other side. So uh, she is receiving our badass of the year award. And uh, that's going to be a very proud moment to say that, you know, we were able to help and maybe a, a, maybe a little bit, maybe a lot, this stuff is so unpredictable, but you know, we were there and uh, she felt the support. And I think that, um, yeah, that's probably one of the more proud achievements that we've been able to do gym to member this year, I'd say. 
Yeah, most definitely. That's a really awesome idea. Um, you know, when our members feel like we see them, they they tend to talk a little bit more and it kind of goes back into that idea that we were discussing before with the word of mouth. If we have a kick-ass service and we take care of our people, they're going to naturally talk. Can we rely on word of mouth only for the growth of our business? Typically, no. But if we have a good service, we're going to have word of mouth naturally. Um, so, you know, with your current method, are you content with the rate at which you're growing? Or are you guys in a position where you would like to step on the gas a little bit? Um, I'm patient. I'm mm. patient and I, I understand. I'm, and it's easy to be patient because we are growing. Uh, we we do grow. Uh, I think there's maybe been uh, out of the last uh, you know uh, four years of being in business, there were maybe two months where we lost memberships more than we gained. So we've been very lucky in the amount of um, memberships that come into the gym uh, through the actions that we take there. But uh, I mean, you're never. I understand the pace that we're going at, so it makes. Am I okay with it? Yes and no. I mean, you're always, you always want more. You're never going to be okay with where you're at. The second that you decide that, okay, this is an okay pace, then you're going to go down. If you're not growing, you're dying. And I think that's a hundred percent true. You have to stay going after it. Uh, every client, you have to pretend like they're your only client. Every member, you have to pretend that they're your first member and their experience is going to dictate if anybody else is going to sign up. So, uh, while we have 1800 memberships, we're not spoiled. We don't take any one of those 1800 for granted. We'll fight for everyone and we'll fight for the ones coming in still. So I would like obviously the things to go faster, but we got to expand. The gym gets tight. You know, it's been such beautiful weather here in the last month. So traffic is down a little bit, but that's just, uh, that's just a season. That's not how the, the business actually is flowing. And now that it's getting a little bit cooler. We're seeing traffic start to go like this again. So we need to be ready for next January. Uh, the gym is okay a little bit now. It still gets a little bit tight, but when next prime time comes around, we need to have more square footage and we have a plan for that. Yeah, I think um, your attitude of like, why not more? And just like continuing to want more for yourself, not only yourself, your business, but your clients, being able to provide more, this like kind of wholesome experience, it's gonna take you places. Um, and so I kind of want to, I feel like this is a good place for us to wrap things up on this interview. We talked marketing, you have a really unique approach where you, it's super personalized, but before we go, where can our viewer go if they want to follow Vero Fitness online, see, get a visual for what you have to offer? Because it sounds pretty awesome. And I know I want to check it out. So Awesome, awesome. Thank you for saying that. Uh, you, Facebook is going to be our primary mover. When it comes to social media, that's where uh, uh, most of our uh, viewers are coming from. That's where our biggest demographic is. Uh, is centered. So we kind of went to where they are. So uh, Facebook, you type in Vero Fitness. It's the helmet and the wings. Just click on that and follow and you'll see a bunch of good stuff. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and thank you for joining us here on the roundtable today. It's been a lot of fun. And um, viewers, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you hit like and subscribe if you want to see more of this. Um, and until next time, Jim Lords out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.